of To Wonders of Fairy Tale. From the land where superstitions are still alive, stories are shared by word of mouth, and cultures are held close. My name is Aurelia, and I'm bringing you a story of love and retribution that crosses dimensions from Java, Indonesia. Here is Jakatarub and Seven Bidadari. A long, long time ago, in Darapan village, lived a young man named Jakataru. He lived with his mother, Mbok Milah, as his father passed away long ago. One night, in the middle of a deep sleep, Jakatar dreamt of a beautiful Bidadari. A Bidadari, or Apsara, is a mythical maiden who lives up in the heavens. He woke up from his pleasant dream, smiled to himself, and said, <sighs> A beautiful, elegant Bidadari as my wife? This dream, although just a tiny piece of imagination, kept him awake as he sat outside of his house and stared at the starry sky. Unaware of how much time has passed, the sun rose to the sky. Mbok Mila woke up frantically searching for her son. From the window, she saw her only child and thought, What is my son deeply thinking about? Is he finally choosing a wife? He must be thinking of her. Look at that smile. Finally, I am getting a daughter-in-law. I must help him. That same day, Mbok Milah was farming on the paddy field. Suddenly, the neighboring paddy field owner named Paranu came over. Mbok Milah, why is your son not married yet? Why are you asking Paranu? She is confused. Why is Paranu interested in her son's private life? To which Paranu replied, I intend to match your son with my daughter, Laraswati. Oh, how wonderful! Laraswati is a sweet, gentle girl. I would be delighted to have her as my son's wife. But before we decide, we should first ask our children if they would like to proceed with this engagement. I understand, replied Paranu as he nodded in agreement. Days had passed. Mbokmila has yet to find the right time to discuss her plan. She was afraid that Jakatarup would be offended. Maybe Jakatarup already has a future wife that he has yet to introduce. Over time, Mbokmila had forgotten her plan and never brought it up to her son again. Jakatarup is a talented hunter, a trait he obtained from his late father. As usual, early in the morning, Jaka prepared for his trip. Bows, arrows, knives, and a sword. I'm ready. I will come back with food, mother. He said as he waved his mother goodbye. Mbok Milah sent off his son and headed back in. Oh, that was fast. It's on noon yet, and I managed to get a deer. He exclaimed. With light, happy steps, he immediately shouldered the deer and headed back home. Suddenly, a leopard appeared. Jakataru panicked. He dropped the deer he was carrying and pulled out the sword from his waist. The leopard moved extremely fast, took a bite of the deer, and triumphantly ran away. Jakataru sat limply. Not only he was shocked by the events that had transpired, but he was also perplexed. I have never been this unlucky. Is this some sort of sign? He thought, but he shrugged off this negative feeling and started walking again. Unfortunately, bad luck has yet to leave his side. 
The sun was getting higher, not a single prey had passed, and Jakatarp was hungry. Feeling defeated, Jakatarp decided to go home with empty hands. As Jakatarp entered his village, many people hurriedly headed in the same direction. Some people looked at him with a shocked expression. He was curious, but reluctant to ask. An ominous, uncomfortable feeling rushed over him. He immediately ran to his house. Jakatarup's eyes were immediately fixed on a body lying rigidly on the couch in the living room. Jakatarup could not hold back his tears and quietly trembled. This is proof of the ominous feeling I felt. Jakatarup was unable to do anything. He just stared at Mbokmila's face. The distraught Jaka ignored those around him as a rush of thoughts came into his mind. I am alone now. Mother, father, what should I do? I cannot believe that you have left me. Mother, I am sorry. I am sorry that until the end of your life, you did not see me marry. It is too late now. You can never meet my wife nor your grandchildren. I am truly sorry, mother. Now, all of this is just a part of his memory. Jakatarup spent his days hunting in the forest. Only by hunting, Jakatarup can forget his sadness. One early morning, Jakatarup casually walked towards the Wanawasa forest. Hours passed and noon came. He did not catch a single prey. Instead, he daydreamed. He only moved towards Lake Thayalani, located in the middle of the Wanawasa forest, because he was thirsty. As he approached Lake Thayalani, something stopped him in his track. However, as he got closer, the sound became more apparent. Jakatar peeped from behind a large tree. How shocked Jakatar was to see seven beautiful maidens bathing in Lake Toyawani. He could feel his heart beating even faster. They must be the rumored Pidadaris from heaven, he told himself as he eavesdropped on their conversation. Is this the meaning of that dream I previously had? He thought happily. Jakatarup's eyes were fixated on a pile of coats of different colors on a large rock. If I take one of their coats, then one of them will have to stay on earth, muttered Jakatarup. His face was adorned with a smile when he imagined that the Pidadari whose clothes he had stolen was his wife-to-be. <coughs> Jakatarup carefully walked over to the pile of clothes, for if the Pidadaris noticed his presence, it could ruin all his plans. Jakatarup chose the red clothes and slipped behind the bush right before one Pidadari started to speak. Let's go home now, sisters! Yes, we better go home before the sun sets, said another. The Bidadaris came out of the lake and put on their clothes. Suddenly, a Bidadari started to shout. <gasps> Where are my clothes? Who took my clothes? <laughs> Noong Lan is devastated. Without her clothes, how could she return to heaven? Moreover, the shawl that enabled her to fly also disappeared. Their efforts to look for her clothes were in vain because Nong Mulan's clothes had been brought back by Jakatarup to his house. Finally, one of her sisters said, Nong Mulan, forgive us. We must immediately return to heaven. We have to leave you here. Nong Mulan could only nod and waved goodbye to her six sisters. 
Maybe it's my fate to become an inhabitant of the earth, she thought. She was desperate that she unconsciously declared a promise. Whoever can give me clothes, I will make her my sister if she is a woman. But if he is a man, I will make him my husband. Jakataro, who had been watching Nawang Wulan's movements from behind a tree, smiled happily. He came out of hiding and placed his late mother's clothes on a large rock and said, I am Jakataro. I brought the clothes you need. Put it on immediately. It is getting cold as the night has come. Jakataro left Nawang Wulan and waited. Not long after, Nawang Wulan came to see him. I am Nawang Wulan. Thank you for your help. I'm a bidadari from heaven who can't go back. As promised, I accept you, Jakataro, as my husband. Days, months, and years had passed. Jakantarup and Nawang Wulan were blessed with a daughter named Nawangsi. None of the villagers suspected Nawang Wulan's identity. Jakantarup told them that she came from a village far away. Jakantarup became a happy married man. But there is one thing that has been bothering him. The rice in the barn didn't seem to diminish, although it was cooked every day. Instead, the grains from their regular harvest overwhelmed their barn's maximum capacity. One morning, Nao Mulan was about to head to the river to the laundry. Mas Jaka, I'm going to leave. Please take care of Nao for me. Oh, and before I forget, do not under any circumstances open the lid of the rice steamer and peek inside. I'll return soon. She immediately left. After some time, he wondered if the rice was cooked. Forgetting his wife's message, Jakatarup opened the steamer. A sprig of rice? Nong Wulan, who had just arrived home, glared at her husband. Why did you disobey me, Mas? She asked angrily as Jakatarup stood speechless. I have lost my magical ability to cook a bucket of rice from a sprig of rice. From now on, I have to cook like human. Jakatarup regretted his actions, but what can he say? It's too late. From that day onwards, their rice supply naturally depletes over time. One day, Nawang Wulan went to the barn in the backyard to collect rice. When she was gathering the little rice they had left, Nawang Wulan felt something soft. Out of curiosity, Nawang Wulan kept pulling the object. <gasps> Nawang Wulan's face suddenly turned white. It's her bidadari clothes and red scarf. Various feelings surged into her heart. Now Lan felt cheated by her husband. The desire to go home to heaven, buried deep inside her subconscious mind, has emerged, and is stronger than ever. When Jakatar returned to his house, he called for Naulan and his child, but there was no reply. Suddenly, Jakatar saw something drifting towards him. Jakatar was stunned. Nangulan looked very beautiful in her bidadari dress, complete with a scarf. Jakatar felt himself trembling. He did not expect Nangulan to find her bidadari clothes. He had been exposed. How dare you do this to me, Jakataru? I am sorry, Nangulan, were the only words he could utter. He looked desperately guilty. Nangulan could feel how helpless Jakatar was. Now. You have to bear the consequences of your actions, Jakataru. I will return to heaven because I am a Bidadari. I do not belong here. Jakataru did not answer. You have to raise Naongsi yourself. From now on, we are no longer husband and wife, said Naongulan firmly. She handed Naongsi into Jakataru's arm. 
The little child was still fast asleep, and not realizing that soon her mother would leave her side. Although you have wronged me, Jakataru, Nawasi is still my daughter. If someday she wants to meet me, burn the rice stalks, she said as she lovingly gazed upon her daughter's face. I will come down to meet her under one condition. You can't be with Nawangsi when I see her. Jakataru could only stare at Nawangulan while embracing Nawangsi. His mistake is truly unforgivable. There is nothing else he can do apart from raising Nawangsi as Nawangulan requested. That's the end of Jakataru's journey for now. Do you know the moral of this story? If so, does it bring you closer to understanding the Javanese culture? Please subscribe and comment if you want to listen to more stories alike, or even the next part of Jakarta's life. Thank you for listening!